Hey everyone, and welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. And I am Stuart Wellington. <laughs> and I'm Elliot Kalen. <laughs> just a little character I was trying out. This new character was just you, but German. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was my Werner Herzog impression. But he says, I'm Stuart Wellington. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> well, he was doing a character, too. That was more of like a German, like, I'm a bad little boy. <laughs> yeah, that's what Werner Herzog no, sounds like. Yeah, well, like... That's, that's his catchphrase. <laughs> he's more of a... Ich bin Werner Herzog und ich bin ein bad little boy, bad kleiner boy. Ich, ich bin no. ein total bad dude. <laughs> ich bin ein original, original party animal. No, I, I feel like a, like a, a Stuart Werner Herzog would be more like, a, I stare into the coarse light and I see no sense of sympathy or understanding. Only a black That sounds more like Henry a... Kissinger doing a Stuart <laughs> at Werner Herzog. Sure. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. He it's sounds more like that's exa- the hot song. Because that's exactly how I sounded, Dan. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, mm, yummy. <laughs> okay, so I've forgotten what this podcast is. My tummy is rumbling. He's <laughs> been so hungry. I love blueberries. <laughs> Wait, are those blueberries or bloopers? <laughs> Wait, what? Is is Herzog? Does he love? Is he misses the blooper shows? What's ever happened to bloopers and practical jokes? This with 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 the Sergio Aragones cartoon. Just because Dick Clark is no longer involved does not mean. Oh, resting in peace, Ozish. Um, I think, and this is a high bar to clear. And I think cut. this must be the most nonsense at the top of a show. This is 100% nonsense. Click save on the device. The computer. <laughs> yeah. Let's, until we figure out what it's called, the let's just call it the device. <laughs> and Dan, what do we do in this podcast? This is a podcast. Uh, you might not guess it from what we've done so far. This is a Werner Herzog podcast. No, it's... This is a podcast about bad movies. It's called the Zogcast. <laughs> called the Flop Whoa! the Zog House. Send that fuckface back to Krypton. <laughs> Where we watch a movie that was either a critical or commercial <laughs> flop. <laughs> Take that for I amazing. wish. Now I want to. I haven't oh. seen Man of Steel, but I want to watch it and have had someone edited you in so that when Zod is doing his televised address, Stuart just turns to the camera and goes, Send that fuckface back to Krypton. <laughs> and then the movie continues as before. <laughs> It's not that so, hard. You can just edit that in. I know. That's what I want to do. Okay, so, Dan, Flophouse. Okay, again. This what do is, we do? This is, we watch a movie. It's a podcast. A movie that was either a commercial or a critical flop, uh-huh. and then we discuss <clears throat> it. And uh, tonight we watched a little film called Bullet to the Head. Bullet to the Head. Bullet to the Head. Read it R. Bullet to, et, to the Head, chaps. Yeah, all right. Hello, That's hello. This is the impression cast, yeah, right? Yeah, What's yeah, that, Clive Owen? Uh, yeah, in, in England, it was released as Bullet to the Apostrophe. <laughs> E-A-D. Yeah. Bullet to the Ed. Hello, um, uh, hello, good day, chaps. Rated R. Mm-hmm. Now, Bullet to they the Ed. They have a different rating system, Ellie. You just fucked up that joke. Oh, sorry, yeah. yeah. Uh, rated. You'll fix it, right, Dan? Yeah, just was, fix uh, it in post. Uh, UK 17. Yeah, yeah certificate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of authenticity. <laughs> This movie it's is like real. a number with a circle around it or something. So, Bullet to the Head it's is a, video a nasty. It's an action movie starring our favorite, not our favorite. Nicolas Cage is our favorite, starring a favorite of mine, Sly Stallone, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and another called that because he's part fox. <laughs> yeah, because he was well, he's named after his grandfather, Slylock Fox, yeah. the Sunday car- <laughs> comic strips Whatever detective. What happened to his best friend Max Mouse? Oh, he died. Yeah, it's, it's they don't live. 
Mice don't live very long, Dan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The foxes. Oh, forever. Years they're and years. Mice don't live very long when they're solving mysteries and making powerful enemies. <laughs> <laughs> they get caught in a trap. A it was, deadly trap. It was a mouse. It was a a whole a mouse hole of deceit <laughs> and seduction. <laughs> it was like a game of something and mouse. Uh, let's say House and Mouse. Okay, sure. So, Bull in the Head stars Sylvester Stallone. It was directed by I mean, Walter Hill. It was a Hill. huge flop. It was an enormous flop. According a to Wikipedia, flop. this was the second worst box office weekend opening in Sylvester Stallone's career. I actually didn't realize how big a flop this was. I just want to interrupt. Uh, I know Dan just said this is a monster flop. There isn't a monster in this movie. <laughs> no. I, well, I mean, Sylvester Stallone you count, like Sylvester Stallone. Unless you count Cal Drogo. Yeah, I guess he's But fair. here's the thing. Actually, Sylvester Stallone looks a lot less like a monster than he does in John Rambo. Or I guess yeah. they just called it Rambo when they released it. Yeah. But there are scenes in that movie where he just looks like a bear with a human head running through <laughs> running through the jungle. There's a part where he's underneath a bridge and he's been shot, I You're think. You're being pretty he, charitable with the term human, I think. <laughs> there's a scene where he's, a bear he's with like, a veiny head. He's like running through a tunnel underneath a bridge and it looks like Frankenstein's monster has escaped from the lab. But he's slimmed down a little bit, and that he's no longer addicted to human growth hormone. Yeah, uh, but we shouldn't we shouldn't gloss over this. Uh, so it's directed by, by Walter, Walter Hill, Hill, who we I think it's fair to say we all love. Yeah, sure, man. The man made uh, the Warriors. He made Midnight the Driver. Run, the Driver. Um, not a movie I love, but a, a fun movie. Forty eight hours. Um, he, did, did he do another forty eight hours? I believe so. What about the third Forty Eight Hours, which is a movie that was never made? <laughs> um, in his in his head, yes. Okay. Uh, but so the man knows buddy movies. Yeah, uh, Streets of Fire, a lesser known. Uh, yeah, film of his, he was a producer a, on Alien, a cult uh, status, and Aliens, Brewster's Millions. If you want a movie with a lot of Geronimo and American Legend, masculineness. Is that star- that's maleness. one with West Studi, right? Uh, maybe I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty good movie, actually. I saw that in the theater back in the day. Uh, but he is a master of stripped-down, very manly cinema. He does. He likes action movies where there's a lot of action. The men are a lot of traction. tough guys who have that kind of like... <laughs> traction, yeah. <laughs> tough guys who have that kind of like uh, African Queen Hepburn and Bogart relationship where they hate each other, but they kind of come to like each other, except they don't fall in love. They just kind of like... The quips get a little softer, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, just stripped down, like you were saying. Like he's not men are men, women are topless. Yeah, <laughs> back in Walter Hill's day, men were men, women were topless, <laughs> children didn't exist. <laughs> yep. There's no children in this movie. There are no, well, unless there's a character who's Sylvester Stallone's child, but she's grown up. Yeah, oh, Christian yeah. Slater and still very, is she very ever. Oh boy, is she grown up in all the right places? By which I mean, her, still very petite. Her whole body. Yeah. <laughs> She is an adult-sized person. <laughs> it's not like, well, she's she's big in all the right places. We mean like there are places where she's not big and it's the weird wrong size. I don't understand. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. She's big in all the right places, by which I mean that she is proportional. <laughs> which is mean is she she doesn't have one tiny doll's hand. <laughs> all the places that are supposed to be big are big, and all the small places are small. <laughs> yeah. Now, for all the listeners out there that have one tiny doll hand, <laughs> look, there's we're nothing not wrong trying with to that. say, yeah, it's nothing cool, wrong man. With that. Even if you have two tiny doll I'll hands. I'll give you one tiny and 
five, high five. Hey, look, you're that I mean, much. My hand's not tiny. You're making it's it worse. Size. That's you're gross. making it worse. Your hand would crush <laughs> their abort, hand. Abort. <laughs> look, you're that much closer to being doll man, and being next to doll manness is next to godliness. Yeah, if you had a little doll's hand, you could hold doll man's gun that explodes people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about what this movie's about, huh? When we're talking about stripped down action movies, I feel like this is kind of. The definition of stripped-down action in that nobody seems to be trying very hard. No. It feels, I was saying to Dan, this feels like the beat the devil of action movies in that it feels like a lark. It feels like a lark. A bunch of people got together on a weekend they had free and made an action movie together, Uh, which I actually is kind of a, it doesn't, it's not that good in terms of like laid-back charisma, but it's kind of something... I mean, I think the entire plot, I think the entire plot is shouted out by a post-torture Christian Slater in about, like, one minute. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, now. For people who might have fallen asleep earlier in the film. When, the, when we were like told... The, the, there's a lot of exposition in this movie that, we, that you find out a couple times. Characters are constantly being told things that the audience already knows. But anyway, and let's... It's not a complex plot. No, it is a very simple plot. Let's say what that plot is, shall we? Sure. We find ourselves in New Orleans, no. the star of a couple of past Flophouse faves. Mm-hmm. Twelve rounds. Twelve rounds. Stole st- stolen. A uh, little bit of heaven, I think. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of heaven mm, was in Flophouse Deep Cut. <laughs> was uh, and Sylvester Stallone is a hitman named Jimmy Bobo, and he has a partner, Lewis, <laughs> just like Mr. Burns's stuffed bear, Bobo. Bo, yeah, exactly. Uh, in the opening, well, we first see a scene where. Uh, an Asian guy who is waiting under a bridge gets in a car. The guy in the car pulls a gun on him, and then the guy in the car gets shot before he can shoot the Asian Where guy. Where does he get shot? In the head. Okay. A bullet to the head. And do people's heads get bullets in them in this movie? <laughs> oh, quite boy. a lot. Quite a lot. Quite a few. Uh, well, so Jimmy Bobo and his partner kill a guy in his hotel room, and now the entire opening title sequence is this guy in the hotel room drinking and doing drugs and just being really excited about something. Meanwhile, there's a nude prostitute in the shower. Just taking a shower. Uh, like you do. I mean, people do take showers in the That's how you open a movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that's what I'm Especially saying. if the movie is this, Carrie, or a porno set in a shower. <laughs> Those are shower-related I think, films. I think Carrie Savage also Streets opens, opens with an... up with a, a all-girl shower scene fight, mm-hmm. fight or, sequence. Or uh, Netflix original Orange is the New Black. Yeah, dude. Orange is the New Black. Come on. I haven't seen that. Totally I don't know. opens up in a shower. Okay, great. Come on. We're, we're trying to be current here. Yeah, right? Sorry. Yeah, you're right. I should have mentioned. Update your references, Carrie. <laughs> Carrie. Come you're, on. Sorry. Carrie the remake. <laughs> All right. Hey, <laughs> no, that's now, you, now you're talking. There's more magic in that one, I think. <laughs> more magic? Is Carrie a wizard in it? <laughs> Yeah, right? That's what she does. That would be so great if they remade Carrie, but they wanted to capture the Harry Potter audience. So instead of a telekinetic, she's a wizard. And instead of high school, she goes to Hogwarts. And instead of killing everyone in the prom, she wins the Quidditch tournament. It's called Carrie Potter. (laughs) It's the lovable story of a little girl who just might be a wizard. Yes, she is. Not just might be a wizard. The whole plot is that she's a wizard. Anyway, it stars Sissy Spacek as Carrie Potter. Sure. What were we saying about a movie? Okay, so Sylvester Stallone and his partner kill this guy. Then they go to a bar where they're supposed to meet up with the guy paying them. But uh uh-oh, Jason Momoa comes in. Who? Movies Conan, TV's Cal Drogo. He was the star of Conan the Barbarian, which we flopped. Yeah. It was the episode with the classic Zardoz tangent. Yeah. A movie that I I kind of remember sort of liking. I did not like it. It was boring. Uh, but anyway, there's a big. Uh, but there's a up. he stabs the partner in a bar. Yeah. Uh, and after Sylvester Stallone has established that he only drinks bullet whiskey, or is it bourbon? 
Uh, well, I mean, it's a it's a bourbon bourbon whiskey. Furnace whiskey, whiskey. okay. And bullet whiskey could not have been happier. By it could have could have been rye. But it was in there, bullet rye. Okay, so he, he, he didn't specify. There's a couple times throughout the movie where Sylvester Stallone specifically orders bullet, and then when the bar doesn't have it, brings a bottle of it with him, so that you know what the bottle looks like when you go into the store mm-hmm. to get the same whiskey that's still yep, sliced when you want a, when you want a bullet to the mouth. Could I have <laughs> the same whiskey as that hitman? Yeah, please? follow bullet to the head with a bullet to the mouth, a bullet. <laughs> whiskey that is yeah enjoy responsibly <laughs> uh it is but, a good whiskey though uh yeah, yeah. is playing a guy named keegan uh who is an ex also a mercenary soldier type and he and bobo so that's just alone have a big fight in the ba- bathroom of this bar they break a door they break a sink but they break he, our hearts break our hearts but he gets away before sly sloan can stop him and his partner's dead meanwhile uh a detective from Washington, D.C. shows up in New Orleans to investigate the death of the guy they killed in the hotel room, who it turns out was a crooked cop. He was the partner of the Washington, D.C. detective, played by Sung Kang. Yeah, yeah, from the uh, Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah, and he... uh, Really? Yeah, he's in like four of them. Uh, He he made his first appearance in uh, Tokyo Drift, which Mm. I think happens after all of the other movies. I just watch him for the car, Stuart. Sure. <laughs> I'm a real gearhead. You know, yeah, we all know that about you. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, that you're such you're a, a real grease monkey. You love automobiles. You're always cherrying out that old car that you got. I'm going to get surgery to get this gear removed from my head. <laughs> yeah, that was when that car exploded and the I gear got all, stuck in your head. I thought all those posters of Lamborghinis with babes sprawled across them were for the babes, but they're actually for the cars. Yeah. Uh, Babes, gross. <laughs> Cars, yum. Hey, you're getting in the way of that sweet Lambo. Oh, you're ruining the polish with your boobs. <laughs> uh, now, a gearhead would be a better name for a steampunk fan, right? Yeah. They literally have gears on their heads a lot of the time. Yeah. I mean, you'd probably get a, you'd probably get a, a mixed, mixed up crowd if you advertised for gearheads. Yeah, you would. And if you advertised for parrot heads, yeah. you'd oh, get boy. the pirate punk crowd. <laughs> Pirate punk and Jimmy Buffett fans. Yeah, you get some middle-aged people who are really into margaritas. Yeah, you get a lot of cell phone holsters. <laughs> Speaking of cell phones, cell phones also play an important part of the movie. Let's continue, shall we? Turns sure. out the guy they killed in the hotel room was the partner of this DC detective. Uh, he, he's got some kind of file in his possession. It turns out it says evidence all over. That it. says evidence on it that has a bunch of information on a former African warlord turned real estate mogul in New Orleans. Mm-hmm who is employing the help of lawyer Marcus Baptiste, played by Christian Slater, in what I can only played imagine to a is a total cash grab. <laughs> As Al it's Magical would say, it is a complete CG. Uh, the crooked cop tried to blackmail uh, Morel, who's the la- the mm-hmm. real estate guy slash whirler. We have to assume he's a mushroom person, like in Mario <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> Named they're, they're, Morel. Yeah, they're called Goombas, Elliot. Uh, that's offensive. <laughs> To what mushroom people? <laughs> yes, it is very to mushroom people. I prefer to call them Italians. shroomos. <laughs> I like the idea that Stuart calls Italians mushroom people. <laughs> they do eat a lot of mushrooms. Yeah, no. Always with the mushroom eating. Oh, those Italians. Anyway, so uh, then there's a the file is now in possession of a local mobster named Baby Jack. <laughs> and and Keegan Caldrogo wanders into Baby Jack's private bar and kills seventeen guys and gets this folder. He literally he walks into this bar and the bartender goes, "Hey, this is a private club. Hey, excuse me. Hey, you looking for Baby Jack?" As Caldrogo just walks past him to the back room where he then proceeds to shoot everybody. Uh, so 
Kwan, the detective from Washington, D.C., he uses his magic phone with its people's background looking up abilities. He, whenever he needs information, he calls Washington, D.C., and he says, look up this person, and they tell him everything he needs. Yeah. Well, he's got the policeman app. And it's, yeah. Do you think they originally had a character written into the script that was like a nerd that was on the computer the whole time that would, like a like a Simon Pegg type? Maybe. Although it seems that part was originally supposed to be played by Thomas Jane, so I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like this is a movie that was sponsored by Bullet Whiskey and cell phones. Yeah. Just to get out. The, people hadn't heard of cell phones yet, so they decided to make a Walter Hill sliced alone action movie to get out the word about cell yeah. phones. Anyway, Quan meets up with Bobo in a bar. Bobo's sliced alone. Do you think this and, Bobo thing is like a boy named Sue sort of thing? Like the idea is like, oh, you know, like the guy with the, like the goofy name is the toughest guy. Maybe. Or like I think it was named after the Final Fight villain Bobo. Or was it Double Dragon? Double Dragon. Double Dragon. Uh, Bobo's, villain. yeah. Yeah, Bobo. Two dragons. Sure. Yep, facing each other. <laughs> yeah. Just look, doing a mirror bit. Yeah, that's dragon raises dragon. a claw, the other dragon raises a claw. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, what's Bobo up to? Anyway, Bobo and Quan meet in a bar. Quan says, "I know you killed this guy, uh, but we got. I'm not interested in you. I'm interested in the guy who hired you." And Bobo's like, "Forget it." Uh, <laughs> and Quan is attacked by a Pass. bunch. Of, Quan is attacked by a bunch of corrupt cops in a parking garage. Sylvester Stallone saves his life, but he is shot in the process. Not in the head. Not in the head, but in the shoulder. The other, the cops That's get reserved one for cop. Villains. One cop gets a bullet to the head, and the other cop gets a car to the body. <laughs> when Sylvester Stallone hits him with a car, uh, and in order to treat Quan's wounds, Sylvester Stallone takes him to a tattoo parlor called Tattoo Baba. <laughs> uh, I assume named after the Baba Yaga, the witch of Russian folklore. Hey, he lives sure. in the chicken leg house. Lives in a chicken leg house and has a shitload of tattoos, I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, and in the massage parlor, which is run by Sylvester Stallone's massage daughter. Parlor. Well, sorry, tattoo parlor. There's a, mas- there's a massage parlor later on. <laughs> tattoo parlor run by Sylvester Stallone's daughter, Lisa. Yeah, played by Sarah Shahi, who I know from... Uh, oh, you know her? Yeah. Where did personally. you guys meet? Uh, you know, just at a bar. Okay. You struck up a conversation about that TV show she's on? Yeah, I struck up a conversation <laughs> about the TV show that I actually know her uh, from, which was called Life. That's a serial. That's not a TV show. <laughs> Damien Lewis, pre-Homeland. And you also may know her uh, <clears throat> from Fairly Legal on USA, where characters are welcome. <laughs> if they wipe their feet on the welcome mat. <laughs> yeah. Only then. Yeah. Okay, Only. so she's got Real she's people, covered in a bunch welcome. of she's covered in a bunch of fake tattoos because she's a tattoo artist. Um, and and she's she, like a walking uh, advertisement dead. for her own walking for yeah because because tattoo artists rarely have tattoos. That's the crazy thing. <laughs> she's a walking advert because if you see a tattoo artist, you're like that person. Someone with tattoos. That person must be involved in the tattoo industry in some way. <laughs> sure. Uh, anyway, she also occasionally takes bullets out of people, not out of their heads. For her father, Sylvester Stallone, she removes a bullet from Quan, and everybody doesn't get along. Sly Stallone argues with the detective. The detective argues with the tattoo artist. The tattoo artist argues with her father, Sly Stallone. Oh, so much banter back and forth. There's a lot of Sylvester Stallone banter in this movie where he delivers it like it's a clever line, but it's not. It just doesn't make any sense. But he, he sells one. it. He tries to sell it. No, he doesn't. He's really lazy with it, with his <laughs> line delivery. Kind of bored. <clears throat> Especially the racist stuff. He's extra lazy with that. In stuff. order to... Uh, They're trying to recapture at, some of that 48 hours magic where, but, where two people bond by over, racial slurs. Over being racist to each other. Yeah. But he's really his heart's not in it. His non-racist heart is not in it. Uh, but he and the detective agree to work together. But we're going to do this my way. This is my town. We're going to do this my way. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did, 
Sliced alone, just walking. That's in. right. Hello, Dan. Hello, Stuart. It's me, Sylvester Stallone. I just oh, walked in. That's our first name. That's really good. I heard you were watching my movie, Bullet well, to the Head. What was it like to shoot Bullet to the Head? I'll tell you, I was drunk the whole time. I don't really remember. All right. Well, I'll see you later. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. In <laughs> fact, well, if I could crash bad. on your couch, I'd really appreciate it. That's too bad. We were hoping you were going to go get Elliot. Adrian! <laughs> Sorry, I was yelling the name of my favorite Roman emperor, Adrian. <laughs> So what are you guys doing this weekend? Uh, Maybe I can tag along. Oh, you know, I got uh, Dude, what, family how are plans. Gonna, how hey, I'll tell you what. This guy. Hey, boredom's the disease. I'm the cure. Let's have a good time, everybody. Okay. <laughs> sort of like what you said. They call me. They call me the demolition. <laughs> they call me the demolition man. But I'm demolition in bad times. <laughs> hey, tell me, Sarge. Do we get to have fun this time? <laughs> Wait, was one of us Sarge? <laughs> yeah, for the purposes of that catchphrase. Hey, right, stop, well. stop or your mom will shoot him, right? Hey, that's nothing to joke about. <laughs> Estelle Getty was a treasure. <laughs> a treasure of a woman, and I would appreciate if you didn't drag her name through the mud. <laughs> uh, she will always be Sophia Petrillo. <laughs> uh, certainly, certainly the sarcasticest of the, uh, of the Golden Girls. But in my mind, all those girls were gold. <laughs> <laughs> and in the hey, title of the show, you got a real soft heart, Sly. I don't know. Yeah, it's a medical disorder. <laughs> I can't run too fast because my heart's too soft. The heat from the friction will make it melt. <laughs> so thanks for mentioning that. I'm pretty sensitive about it. I it's called Stallone's disease for a reason because I have it. Have it? It didn't, it didn't it's not like Lou Gehrig discovered Lou Gehrig's disease. <laughs> he just had it. That's right. I got Stallone's disease. You're it's right. a soft heart. Oh, if you man. could imagine like a soft cheese, that's the consistency of my heart. <laughs> What's weird though is my blood is very solid. <laughs> All right. If you could imagine like a hard salami, that's every one of my arteries. Just ramming it's, through that cheese. It's heart. not even cholesterol. It's just the way I was born. <laughs> Anyway, so bullet to the head. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Gotta go. Jetpack. <laughs> wow. He was, uh, hey guys, I went to the bathroom. What did I miss? Oh boy. Oh, I don't even oh, know. Man, what to tell you. Uh, you probably yeah, kill you yourself. Really so oh man, then I'm. I, well, don't tell me then. Right. I don't want to be sad. I want to be happy <laughs> after seeing bullet to the head. So anyway, they work together. Uh, they track down the. Ne- he uses magic police phone to track mm-hmm. their next quarry, who's the guy. It's a blackberry. A blackberry. <laughs> <laughs> magic police phone. I call it. He. Uh, he. From my movie. It would, it would seem like magic if you were a caveman. It's from my movie. I'm pitching ATTPD. <laughs> He's a police, he's a phone, but he's also a cop. <laughs> hey, he's got criminal's number. <laughs> hey, uh, Justice, I... this call's for you. Yeah. Ring, ring, you hear that? Discipline's on the line. <laughs> anyway, so they go to a, they go to a, they go to a very, they go to a very foggy spa yeah. where the guy who hired Stallone is getting a massage. Stallone. From a completely clothed woman. From the least sleazy masseuse I've ever seen in an action movie. Mm-hmm. You'd expect, at the very least, she's in a bikini. No, she looks like she works at a spa. It yeah. seems like they hired an actual masseuse to do it. Now, yeah, like they were getting staff massages or cast massages and were just well, like, yeah, just start of, rolling the camera. You know what? This is gold. Just just start filming. The rest of, of the women in this movie are so sleazy that they're like, uh, we got to have a little fairness here. We got to, let's... Uh, good point, good point. Let's prove that we're not sexist by having this one it's, it's that, actual it's that, woman. It's that equal time uh, provision yeah, in, the, exactly. in the woman laws. 
He uh, so Stallone's going to shoot this guy, but uh oh, Quan tampered with his gun, removed the firing pin. So they're going to have to fist fight it in the spa in kind of what a basic cable ripoff of the Eastern Promises Russian bath fight scene would be like. Yeah. And by that I mean you see nobody's scrotum, <laughs> which was the main Nobody, thing. Nearly a single scrotum. Paul Newman. <laughs> yeah, based on the Richard Russo novel, nobody's scrotum. <laughs> <laughs> of course, and then they made the TV movie Not Without My Scrotum. <laughs> now, anyway, they find the next guy they have to go to. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's not like a fucking parachute they deploy behind a race car. Hey, hey, we leave no scrotum behind. <laughs> no scrotum. <clears throat> this is a scrot hunt, man. <laughs> scrot hunt. Game over. Anyway, so... They find. You don't want to talk mo- about scrotums anymore. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. This movie is a lot of so is a lot of this detective and Stallone finding a guy, learning from him who the next guy is to find, and then killing that mm-hmm. guy. So they learn after Stallone kills the the spa guy, he then go, they learn the next guy they have to find is Baptiste, the lawyer played by Christian Slater. He is hosting a kind of cut rate. Eyes wide shut party at his house yeah. where everyone's wearing masks, yeah, masquerade and, and costumes. Masks. They're uh, having a ball up in masks, just like uh, at the judge's house in Sweeney Todd. Yeah, but uh, all of the men are basically wearing masks and sort of like, like piratey, pirate, yeah, yeah, like so 18th like century that, um, buccaneer costumes. It's like that sexy dream sequence in Labyrinth. And Except most of the women are wearing masks and no clothes at all, and topless or totally nude. Did not expect the amount of nudity in this scene. And what's weird is that the camera doesn't really linger on it. It's just in the background. I mean, so, like it lingers on it in the sense that there will be women, yeah, as you say, in the background for yeah, like slow dancing with each other. Shots. Yeah, but it's not shot in but a, not, in not a sexy way. Yeah, it's not like there's not. I feel like in a Michael Bay movie, if they had the scene, you'd have a lot of close ups of boobs cut together really fast. And then mm-hmm. a giant robot who's also nude would come in. It's just cash, Elliot. But this is total cash, that's right. It's almost like Christian Slater just hired these women because in the scene he was going to be in. But uh, anyway, Sylvester Stallone and the detective are going to come in, but they're going to have to get some costumes. That means time to go to the costume shop. And they literally have have a Sylvester Stallone trying on different masks montage. Pretty Stallone. I did not expect, when I watched the movie, (laughs) Pretty Stallone, are you singing? Shooting bullet to the head, Pretty Pretty Stallone. Stallone. Bullet in that other head, Pretty Stallone. I want to shoot you in the head. (laughs) <laughs> With a bullet to the head. Mercy. <laughs> no mercy. <laughs> but I did not expect in the movie Bullet to the Head that there'd be any sort of fashion trying on montage. Mm-hmm. And it's a quick one. It goes by in about seven seconds. But still, their Their costume there. consists of a mask. And their regular <laughs> yep. street clothes. So they're walking around in like polo t-shirt and jeans and a mask. And nobody bats an eye. Uh, they get Sylvester, they get Christian Slater while he's in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Kidnap him. That's the only way it's you can incredibly get a jump easy. on the slate man. Yeah, yep. the slate. on uh, now and Slater. <laughs> now they uh, bring him to Sylvester Sloan's house, which is let's face hideout. it, it's a swamp shack. Yeah. yeah, it is a chainsaw massacre swamp shack. You know. Yeah, if you see that, uh, what's that movie about the uh, what's that Tobey Hooper movie about the fucking crocodile? <laughs> Tobey Hooper. It's like it's like it's like Motel Hell. Shep, like no, that. no, that that wasn't Toby. It's like, it's a, it's, <laughs> I think it just sounds Toby. Toby, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'm I'm going to say chainsaw in uh, summer school. <laughs> oh, okay. 
I figured he would know. That, that's how he bases all of his uh, pronunciation choices. That's yeah. how I base my life, man. Yeah, uh, I'm following the teachings of Chainsaw. <laughs> After you get out of the shower, do you put on a bathrobe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, do you order Kobe beef? But that is pronounced that way. Yeah. So, uh, they Swamp take, Shack. They take Christian Slater to the Swamp Shack <laughs> that Sorcelon lives in, and the cop says, I'll handle this, and tries to interrogate him like a cop. We know you're doing this stuff. You better turn over on us. Mm-hmm. And then Sylvester Stallone takes a gun and hits Christian Slater in the chest, and Slater proceeds to give up two minutes of exposition, explaining the entire plot, everything that's involved, the Which blackmail, the there's this file, they hired gathered. you to kill the guy with the file, then they hired this other guy who's an ex French Foreign Legion fighter and mercenary to kill you. And it's all stuff the audience knows already, basically. He could have started talking and they could have cut away and cut back. Yeah. A note to screenwriters, even if you think that you your plot needs to be reiterated in that way, like you can really do it in a few sentences. It's this it's learn a lesson from North by Northwest where Leo G. Carroll, I think it is, oh, has to fill Cary Grant in on what happened in the movie. We know this already. So we see them walk for about 20 seconds, and they walk past an airplane, and the propeller's so loud you don't hear what they're saying. And then when the sound comes back up, Cary Grant's like, ah, oh, so that's what happens, huh? <laughs> it's such a great way to just gap over all the explanation of what we've already seen. So I guess what I'm saying is, bullet to the head is no North by Northwest. <laughs> yeah. And Walter uh, Hill, as much as I love him, is no Alfred Hitchcock. But anyway, especially since... The mercenary and his henchmen are surrounding the swamp shack. So we could have just cut to that and then cut back to Christian Slater having already explained everything. Yeah. But it turns out there's a flash drive that Christian Slater has that has all the information about where so high tech. where the African <clears throat> warlord real estate moguls bribes have been going. Uh, they take the flash drive from him, and then the mercenaries shoot up the swamp. Sh- oh, then Sylvester Stallone shoots Christian Slater in the head. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Then the bad guys shoot up the swamp shack. Uh, Do you th- think that's the titular bullet to the head? Or there are so many ones? bullets to the head in this. Every says, bad guy gets a bullet to the head. head. It should have been called bullets, bullets to the, head, to the so. heads. I think I think that that's, that's the bullet to I the I think head they're they talking about, about the bullet to the head inside all of us. Okay. <laughs> like the movie is a literal bullet into yeah, our heads. it's blowing our minds. It's a movie bullet into our watching I mean, the, heads. The, the opening titles do feature a bullet flying through each of the titles <laughs> towards the camera. The opening you of the movie like is... The, you like the fact that apparently the name of the bar or whatever was bullet to the head. <laughs> well, they, it's the hotel they, they go to yeah, at the opening. Like they go into the hotel sign. and it pans up and there's a, neon, a CGI neon sign on it that says bullet to the head. It's the title of the movie, but also looks like it's the bullet to the head hotel. Yeah, you don't want to stay there. No, no. you're going to get a bullet to your head. <laughs> Mm-mm. But the first opening shot of the movie is literally the bullet, a bullet smashing through all the production logos of the movie that they may, that you're watching. And I got to tell you, in Pretty a way, great. it rivals the opening to Rocky IV when the American boxing glove and the Soviet boxing glove punch each other and then explode. But uh, yeah, but the it's bu- not as good as that. So, Stuart, you would advise not going to the Bullet to the ho- Head Hotel. I mean. I guess. It depends on if you want a bullet to your head. Don't order the room service. I would advise instead staying at the Happiness Hotel from the Great Muppet Caper. Because it's got a bunch of fun Muppets in it. <laughs> but it's a terrible hotel. Yeah, but you it's know. It's really run down and but crappy. But they're going to help you when Charles Grodin frames you for a crime. Just stay at like a if you spend tree. that much time around Muppets, they never get washed. They smell <laughs> terrible. Yeah. They're like a wet dog is what you're saying. Especially yeah. Rolf. <laughs> oh, boy. Especially Rolf. In the rain. Yeah. Which is a painting I painted for you. <laughs> I think I really got across the sadness oh, of Rolf so in the rain. Sad. Yeah, yeah. He's sad because his piano died. <laughs> did you see the tombstone in the corner that says, R.I.P. Rolf's piano? How did it die? We hardly played ye. 
Termites. Uh, termite, yeah. <laughs> Piano timer, termites. Oh, thanks. I'm going to hang this up in the studio. Uh, the hang Flop it up. Flophouse Studio. In the, yeah, the Flophouse Recording Studio mm-hmm. here in Flophouse in City. Special Dan McCoy Mansion. <laughs> one, one, two, three, fake street. <laughs> no Town USA, planet wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. They get the they get sh- the swamp shack gets shot up with the worst animated bullets I've ever Dan, seen. Dan's imagining uh, Planet Wrong screenplays right now. <laughs> <laughs> what if, in a world where nothing is right? A planet so wrong has got to be right. You may be right. I may be a planet, <laughs> but it just may be a planet you oh, are man. living on. The people who turn out the light. The people who listen to this podcast, you're wasting energy <laughs> for movie information. Are getting oh. so angry right now? Well, everyone's angry they at us all the time. S- they have clicked unsubscribe. This on- is not what Parade Magazine promised. <laughs> anyway, uh, they said Very this would be fun. Listener. <laughs> To make a long story short, summer listen. To make a long story short, uh, Sylvester Stallone and the detective Quan jump out of the swamp shack into the swamp, and then Sylvester Stallone sets off bombs he's planted all around his own house, (laughs) killing all the mercenaries except case closed for Cal Drogo. Oh, okay. Who jumps into the water as well? Uh, Quan says, "That's it. You're killing too many people," and the mercenary becomes obsessed with killing Sylvester Stallone. Quan meets with a New Orleans lieutenant. And it's the scene from the beginning of the movie. It turns out the lieutenant is crooked. All the cops are crooked. And Sylvester Stallone comes and saves him. Yeah. They decide now it's time to get serious and get revenge because Keegan, Cal Drogo, kidnapped Sylvester Stallone's daughter. Uh-oh. Also, there's a time when they went by Sylvester Stallone's daughter's house to look at the flash drive, and she was taking a bath and got out of the bath and was super nude. Mm-hmm. I mean, was that, regular was that, amount of nude. But was, that, well, was that a butt double, Dan? Uh, I don't. I you I was just what? one butt. I counted. I mean, like, I don't think it was a double for the topless shot, so it would seem weird if they stuck in a butt double. She's very private about her butt. Mm. Butt privates. <laughs> private <laughs> butts. That's an old Laurel Hardy short. <laughs> butt privates. Butt, butt privates. <laughs> private butt and butt privates together again. <laughs> I mean, Buck Privates was an Abbott Costello movie. <laughs> okay. Sorry. No, no, but Laurel Hardy made butt I mean, privates. The, the general. <laughs> The general idea of the joke still stands. Yeah, they were fighting World War, but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah, we can stop. <laughs> Starring Brad Pitt. What? <laughs> so you're saying butts have risen up and are destroying the world? Yeah. <laughs> Brad Pitt needs to find the cure for butts. <laughs> <laughs> this is, without a doubt, the dumbest thing that's ever been said on this podcast. <laughs> Brad thought, Pitt and Michael Pitt star in but World thought, War Butts. But I thought Sean Connery already found the cure for butts, then lost it. You know, like you lose your butt. <laughs> in that movie, Medicine Butt with Lorraine Bracco. Yeah. He was in the Amazon butt forest. <laughs> what a dumb thing. Anyway. Yeah, it turns out ant, ant butts was the cure. <laughs> That's what we needed. We need more of that. <laughs> so Keegan kidnaps the daughter and takes her to a warehouse where all the bad guys are just hanging out, but yeah. they want the flash drive. Sylvester Stallone the decides... conveniently shootable form. <laughs> they go to the shootingest place you can go, an abandoned warehouse. Uh, Not a single one has realized they need to start wearing helmets to prevent bullets from entering their heads. Because <laughs> <laughs> even though the name of the movie should warn them, that's where the bullet's going. Exactly. Uh, I've got uh, a head I should protect with my bullets. Sylvester Stallone shows up, alone, unarmed... Detective Quan is sneaking into the warehouse, meanwhile, and uh, they basically... It's like an argument or something. Sylvester Stallone says <laughs> you know, to the the, the bad guy, Morel, the mushroom, k- 
king. <laughs> he says, he says, like, oh, I have your daughter. Give me the flash drive. And he says, okay, I will. But, <laughs> but he and he says, what about that policeman? And he goes, well, if you pay me enough, I'll kill the policeman. And they haggle over it. And then Sylvester Stallone leaves. And yeah. Keegan, who's really mad because a lot of his henchmen have been killed, says, you're just gonna let him go. And he gets really mad and kills the main bad guy and the, some of the with main bad guys with bullets to their heads. Head. I mean, with with that Dothraki you know, what else would you expect? Then it's just Quan and Sylvester Stallone and Keegan running around shooting the rest of the henchmen. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone blows up a car, and then Cal uh, Drogo and Sylvester Stallone, Drogo and Bobo, are going <laughs> to are gonna finally face off, and there's two framed axes with a plaque that says, like, to the fireman who saved the city, 1910, and he breaks open the case, takes out the axes, and Sylvester Stallone goes, what are we, Vikings? And then they fight with axes for a while, and what was, frankly, a pretty good axe fight, I have to admit. And like, I like a good axe fight. It was better than all the axe fights in Abraham Lincoln Vampire on it. That's for damn sure. And, uh, Cal Drogo... damn sure. and And it was also a fight that had, like, an arc to it, in that when it starts out, Sylvester Stallone is losing. He's at a, He's not in as good a shape. He's not as young. He's not as big as this other guy. And if ever there was a movie that reminded you that Sylvester Stallone is a very short man, it is this one. Yeah. But it's almost like he Stallone... He swing a wide axe. It's like Stallone usually has tricks that he has directors do to make him look taller. And as if Walter Hill was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Look, we're just shooting it normal. Uh, and so... it's But it's a pretty good axe fight. And they're fighting and fighting. And it ends with Sylvester Stallone... Uh, stabbing through Caldrogo's foot with an axe, then stabbing him in the neck with a knife, because he's had this this automatic knife he's been carrying around the whole movie. Uh, and then Quan shoots uh, Keegan in the head. Yeah, yeah, right in the head. Bullet because, to the head. Because he's learned the lesson, which is justice is only served with a bullet to the head. Quan gets the flash drive, and Sylvester Stallone shoots Quan in the shoulder, and then says... When they come by, say that the bad guys got shooty and I killed all of them, and then you tried to apprehend me and I shot you. It's the old. I still came back. For it's a the old. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm back. How are you doing? Oh man, that's great. I just went out to get some Tostitos. <laughs> Who wants some nacho chips? Yes, <laughs> I'll make some. Restaurant style. If you were, usually you'd have to go to a restaurant to get <laughs> chips like this, but Tostitos just makes them. Okay. You guys, I got three bags, one for each of us, but uh, I'm going to eat two, so you guys share this one bag. Fine. The HGH really makes me hungry for salt. Okay, thanks. Not that hungry, but thank you. You're going to eat it. <laughs> right. Hey, uh, so uh, you done with the bag of Tostitos yet? Because <laughs> yeah, sure, I finished my two. Okay, take it. Can I take yours? Thanks. Yeah. Oh, I just down these things like crazy. <laughs> People tell me all the time, Sly, you got to eat fewer Tostitos, and I'm like, oh, what? I, it's restaurant-style quality. Yeah. I don't understand. They tell you that at the gym, or... On the Saturday Yeah, they told me at the gym. What's oh. that? You think I don't work out enough? No. I, I go to the gym all the time. I mean, for your age, you look great. Yeah. Thank you. What do you mean for my age? I mean, objectively. You look better than you? No, I know. Maybe not better than Stuart. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, look, at, look at this. I'm shredded like a Ninja Turtle. Oh, God. It's so <laughs> I got rainy. abs like lettuce. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm like a beef jerky at muscles. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's, you're like a, it's like an ostrich skin leather uh, pouch uh, bag down there thank you okay. <laughs> thank you very much i appreciate that i have been working out i did also get an ostrich skin graft i lost some skin in an accident involving sandpaper and one of those remote control helicopters that you get for kids sure. you know like those hover drones yeah, yeah, yeah. and some sandpaper anyway long story short i lost some skin the only thing that matched my natural texture was ostrich you gotta tan it really dry it out 
then you you put it on. So thank you. Yeah, you I'm don't want to ostrich skin, Dan. Oh, no, it shrinks. Look, I apologize. I didn't mean anything. It smells like Rolf <laughs> in the rain. Like a wet Muppet. Hey, we were just talking about that. <laughs> really? Hey, I was just thinking about it. Let me show you this painting I painted. <laughs> it's called A Bullet to Rolf's Head. <laughs> oh, it's me shooting Rolf in the head. Oh, now, no. I don't think Muppets really have brains. I think it's a hand inside there, but I painted it like it's brains. <laughs> God, it's like it's like a rest red uh, like cotton balls coming out of his head. Yeah, that's what I I used to model it. Very yeah, very good. You got a good eye for art. That's what's inside all of us, Dan. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'll see you guys later. I'm gonna go on like a kind of a tostito binge. <laughs> Goodbye. Very Rocket good. car. <laughs> Zoom. Hey guys, what I miss? <laughs> I just well, went into a kind of a fugue state for a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to wake you up, but you weren't doing anything. No, no. Still, all, Stallone only travels by rocket-powered uh, uh, transportation. Apparently. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> I'm sorry. Forget You forget, I've been unconscious. I apologize. I don't know who you were talking to or common, how we traveled. It's a common screenwriting mistake. <laughs> yeah. uh, you need characters to explain everything to every other character to show that they know it. Right. Like in the movie Bullet to the Head, which then ends with... Uh, Sylvester Stallone's daughter decides to stay with Quan to make sure he gets help. They've really hit it off in the twice that they've met. Uh, and well, he's got a great head of hair. That's true, he does. And it turns out, I mean, he's a good-looking guy. Yeah, and it turns gross. out that Quan doesn't just leaves Bobo out of the story. Sylvester Stallone, free to go, despite all the people he's like killed. Like a void. They meet up at a bar, and Quan says, look, I'm fucking your daughter. He doesn't say it that way. Way lamer than that. But he's, like, he's like, we got to know each other really well. <laughs> in fact, very well. And yeah. Sylvester's like, oh, you guys know each other very well, huh? And uh, he says, look, I'm not going to arrest you for the people you've killed in the past, but if you go get out of line again, I'm going to arrest you. And Sylvester is- Stallone's like, all right, well, whatever. And then says, and because I deserved it, I got myself a nice car. And gets in, what, a, Ferra- a Porsche and drives away. I mean, <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Like a super, like, it's not even a super sporty car. Like, it's like a BMW or no, something. No, it's a sport. Thing. No, it's, it's, got, it's got the Mustang logo on Does the front. That's the, you forget that, that Dan Porsche is a gearhead. Yeah, I forgot, I, Dan. I forgot you're a gearhead. You know cars. I have this gear in my head, which allows me to access the internet and Google cars. <laughs> You're but, like a regular Phineas Gage. Yep. The thing Phineas that bothered Gears. me about the about Quan's uh, line uh, about how he got to know Stallone's daughter really well is his arc was supposed to be that he went from like kind of a wimpier guy to like a tougher, no nonsense guy, and he's just still the same wimpy guy. Yeah. Well, he was never super wimpy. I mean, he had a gun and he was a cop and everything. But... So, are you saying he's regressing to more of a wimp state? <laughs> That's not what I'm saying at all. But you're saying he should just be like, I'm boning your daughter now. And then yeah, I mean, maybe not that. Deal with it. And then he should, <laughs> Break order, his glass on his he head. should order a bullet rye mm-hmm. to show that, like, he picked something up from the old man. Yep. But he doesn't. Instead, it becomes a commercial for a car at the end after <laughs> having been a commercial for whiskey and cell phones the whole time. So, um, so thanks to uh, a special guest appearance uh, by celebrity that. Uh, I missed it? Yeah, you missed it. I'm sorry. Oh, I'll who was the celebrity? It was it MC Scat Cat? Uh, We've sure been talking MC about it. No. MC Scat Gainy Cat. But we got to move on to our uh, our final judgments. Final this. judgments. Was this a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of liked? Stuart, what do you have to say? It is a movie hovering between a bad, bad movie and a movie I kind of liked, I guess, because it isn't a good, bad movie in any way. And no, it's I not like, like a silly fight. fun to make fun of. Movie. Uh, but no, it was. I mean, it was pretty terrible, and it wasn't even like like grim tough enough for me to enjoy. I gotta say, it was a movie I kind of liked, other than the exposition, which was excessive um, for a ninety-minute movie. 
it was very <clears throat> excessive to have the plot explained to us, I think, five times. Yeah. But it was, it was, in fact, a 90-minute movie, and it also was a movie that uh, was, you know, like it was in that tradition of very stripped-down B-action movies where um, not a lot crazy happened. It was just a couple tough guys. And there was just a bunch of naked ladies walking around for not much of a reason. Yeah, this was a this felt a lot like I also kind of liked it. This, but it is a bad movie. But I kind of liked it. It's it felt like a real throwback to '80s action movies and made very few concessions to the time period that we are living in right now. But uh, there were a few wonky other than cell phones. Other than cell phones, but I mean in terms of plot, but in terms yeah. of style, like even the the soundtrack was very like guitar and harmonica, like midnight run '80s soundtrack. Uh, there were a few weird technical things where, like, there would be these weird cuts with flare effects, and suddenly you'd be ten hours later or something, and it was just made no sense. But yeah, Dream-like. you know, like yeah, <laughs> but uh, it was real hallucinogenic. Yeah, but like you know, there was a fun axe fight. A lot of people got bullets to the head. Uh, <laughs> nude ladies were walking around, and I am a have a soft spot for Sylvester Stallone, and I don't mean my heart. I mean, it is my heart, but I don't have a soft heart. It's Stallone's disease, in case you guys haven't heard of it. Uh, sad, really. But uh, the but uh, yeah, I kind of this is a movie I kind of liked. If you're looking for a stripped down, stupid action movie, this is not the worst one to watch in the past couple of years. I would just say that having last uh, last episode, I recommended The Last Stand. I think, and I think uh, for a comeback stripped down action movie, I think you'll find you'll find better thrills there in The Last Stand. Yeah. Um, so now it's time to turn to the Flophouse movie mailbag. Yay! We got plenty of time for a uh, a letter song, right? Yeah, I think we do. And it goes like this. Uh, It's letters time. Letters time. Time for those letters. Check the clock and see what time it is. It's a trick question. All the numbers say letters. (laughs) All the time is letters time. All the letters, all the time. Time for letters, all the time. It's time for letters time right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. (laughs) Time for the letters right now. I'm a letter from the bad part of town. (laughs) I got a dream of being on the flop house. Will it be me? Pick me, pick me. This is the Will it be me? I'm a rich snob letter, but even <laughs> I have a dream to be on the flop house. I can't buy <laughs> my way somebody. in. It's the one thing that money can't buy is the flop house. I'm back from the war. I'm a letter. <laughs> oh, that's a, all right, Saw some things okay. that I wish I could all forget. Right. Time to this unload on the flop house, guys. This first letter is titled My Master Was Killed. <laughs> no. I'm a letter in feudal Japan. Oh, now I have to get revenge then seppuku but first the flop house can you save me from bushido this letter is titled think of the children i'm an unborn letter of the children <laughs> so much potential from spencer last name haven't spelled. even been written yet but my soul oh, exists spencer's gifts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh wait say again what's going on this is a uh, letter is titled think of the children from spencer last name withheld of spencer's gifts uh it goes dear floppers i was hoping to get your opinion on 1994's milk money where Melanie Griffith takes $100. Oh, a, fr- a friend of mine auditioned for a role in that when he was a kid. <laughs> he did not get it. Melanie Griffith takes $100 from a... For a Melanie Griffith's role? <laughs> Yo, well, he wanted to play the role of money, oh, but he got the God. role of milk. 
Get that was the, the Harvey Milk story, even right? After the letter song, I can't even so get the letter. So Melanie Griffith takes $100 to have sex with the kid's dad. To, uh, from a group of three boys to briefly show them her boobs. Oh, that's what happens. Now give me a fucking break. How can that be considered anything less than blatant exploitation of naive children? She is a prostitute by profession, and their $100, roughly $150, considering inflation, should garner way more <laughs> on the open market. So is this just a podcast for people to write in with their random complaints about movies from 15 years ago, 20 years ago? I'm not advocating her. The value of Melanie Griffith's (laughs) boobs is way less than $100. I'm not advocating her getting involved in a gangbang with a bunch of 12-year-olds. I hope not. That would have been the ending of the movie, or no, book of it, right? But would it kill her to (laughs) get the movie? Would it kill her to give them some full frontal nudity, a brief grope, or maybe even throw one of the kids a hand job. I'm not. All of that would be illegal. Yeah, why you pick this letter? <laughs> I, I, uh, you, Dan, I could be singing a very wholesome song about the cast of characters in the letters. Look, we. Uh, I was not able to select letters earlier today, and I just gave a cursory look to these letters. <laughs> you saw know. Milk Money. You said, "Oh, great! I like that." I'll movie. allow it. Oh. Um. So. <laughs> I think I think it says a lot about her character and helps to explain how her love interest goes from being a mild-mannered school teacher to the eventual mastermind of a large-scale terrorist attack on San Francisco. He means Ed Harris. Sincerely, last special last name withheld. Uh, Gifts. You were right. Uh, milk money is gross. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of it is gross. A bunch of kids buy a prostitute for one of the kids' dads. Well, they buy the prostitute's boobs for their eyes. Let's continue then- this standard of letters coming in about. Older movies that people have problems with. <laughs> like, why was he thinking no, about this for a long I time? Love, I love that standard. <laughs> I would love that. Like, it turned into. Yeah, well, if you it. see a movie from forever ago and you have a, <laughs> an issue with, let, hey, I just saw Getting Even with Dad. <laughs> so he hid the money in a bag on a mannequin. How did nobody find it before him? <laughs> no, but they like, but also they graphed this weird environmentalist cause onto this movie about a prostitute and some kids. I don't remember that dad. at all. Yeah, it's all about That's the, the one where lands. the stepmother was an alien, right? No, no that, that was my stepmother's nail. That right. was so and you thought your family was weird. Mhm. That one's called Robot in the Family. That one's called Robot Jocks in the Family. Um, oh, Robot in the Family. I haven't thought about that movie in a long time. The most irritating robot in movie history. So, meow, uh, I'm a cat letter. Meow meow meow. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so this letter is titled uh, "A Chance for a Mutual MC Gainey." Greetings, floppers. I don't know what that means. <laughs> True story. On my late father's deathbed, oh, or in oh stolen man. terms, Dan, you really didn't listen to read any of these letters ahead of time, did you? True story. On my late father's deathbed, or in stolen terms, my late father okay. he used his last breath to beg me to achieve his unfulfilled life dream. To open a chain of restaurants that would specialize in serving duffel bags filled with sauerkraut <laughs> and to hire MC Gainey to help market the venture in character as Murdoch from He's, Wild Hogs. It's pretty expensive. So imagine my distress when I heard your plans for a similar venture to use him to promote garbage bags full of coleslaw. Yeah. Rather than go the cease and desist route, I'm hoping we could reach some sort of mutually beneficial agreement. You could have Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I could use them on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. After all, there's a lot of gaining to uh, go around. There's another day of the week, or does MC Gainey take the Sabbath off? <laughs> and an unrelated note, I have size 15 feet, which I've always viewed as a curse because they're easy to trip over and cost a small fortune to put shoes on. What it, I don't know. Is this but, like stream of consciousness segment? What is going on? But Aren't if, people supposed to write in and tell Dan how great he is? But if nothing else, they would apparently be an object of desire for Elliot. Oh, so oh yeah, that. my Bigfoot fetish. Yours floppily. Elliot, screw withholding my last name and also have a podcast too called Tales of the Smoking Chihuahua. And if you'd mentioned that, it would be awesome. 
Meeker. What that? What's the podcast about? Uh, apparently, smoking Chihuahua. Oh well, I'm <laughs> sold. So, um, so we here at the Flophouse don't endorse any dog smoking. <laughs> Uh, well, a Marmaduke smoking. we can talk. Oh, about- that's pretty cool then. If he's wearing sunglasses, I bet he would smoke like a big, a big cigar too. Like Not a big like dog. Yeah, yeah. He well, wouldn't have a fucking would- deerstalker hat and a pipe or something. <laughs> it would basically be the scene in oh, Oliver man. and Company where the child was smoking a cigar. You think he would have like or a, a calabash pipe? What you're saying? Yeah, he'd have a Caliban pipe. A Taliban pipe. A Taliban. No. <laughs> yeah, oh that's boy. A- uh, so uh, yeah, I think we can share MC Ganey, much like Alan Moore and his wife shared that woman for a while. Mm-hmm. Yep, Melinda Gabby. And, That's uh, his wife. And the uh, is that the woman they shared? No, the woman they shared's name is lost to history. I think. I think it's oh, lost okay. in Alan Moore's beard. Uh, lost girls. Rated R. Mm-hmm. I think anyway, it's rated X actually. Yeah, probably. Uh, but yeah, and uh, garbage bag full of coleslaw. And good luck still, with your podcast. Blamo. Still, still <laughs> a va- valid restaurant if anyone wants to invest in it. Uh, so our last yeah, and cigarette smoke. <laughs> what was it called? Smoking Chihuahua. Yeah. Okay. Tales of the Smoking Chihuahua. Tales of the Smoking Chihuahua. Um, so Tales of the Gold Monkey. This last letter is titled Letters You've Got, Ellipses. Letters! And uh, it's from Sarah, last name withheld. She writes, Sarah Sirs. Dan's wife. <laughs> stop Dan, recording in my house. stop recording and make your friends leave. I'm trying to sleep. Sirs, if you can see from this crummy phone picture, my Drury cubicle is livened up by one of my favorite eBay photos. Edward G. Robinson... Hope Hampton and Herbert Marshall yucking it up in 1939. Because there was a lot to laugh about in 1939. Elliot never needs to apologize again for recommending studio-era classics. There's at least one of us out there that lives in the Flophouse podcast slash TCM Venn diagram overlap. Oh, thank you, Sarah. I have two classic (laughs) movie-related questions. One, no appearance by Gene Tierney in the Elliot Kalen Starfucker TV series? Knowing Elliot's preference for brunettes... I would have thought that she would have certainly made the list. Well, we got to say something for season two. And number two, who would play the re- recurring role of cock blocker on Elliot Kalen's Starfucker? Sydney Greenstreet? Leo Gorsi? Angela Rosito? Why am I not choosing handsome guys? Am I doing this wrong? <laughs> I think either Leo Gorsi would be great. Maybe Akeem Tamaroff? Uh, or possibly Dan McCoy. <laughs> Wow. From the future as well. Well, he un- while I was going I'm through like the time, tra- I'm like the evil leaper in like the quantum leap. I think uh, it's more like while I'm going through the time transporter, you go, "Hey, I brought your lunch," and you jump in with me, mm-hmm. and you're, you're my bumbling sidekick who gets. Oh, oh so you're not? There's no. I don't like, actually get to fuck any stars. There's no. <laughs> oh no! In oh. fact, you get chased by a gorilla in every episode. <laughs> That fucks me. No, not at all. That is, there's no, nothing funny there's about that. There's nothing thing. funny about it. There's nothing any human unless can do that Unless it's consensual, dude. Yeah, okay, unless you're into it, yeah. yeah. No matter what trading places may have taught us, there's nothing funny there about being screwed one, by a gorilla. No fun- Look, I've done a PowerPoint. I have literally done a PowerPoint and then presentation about this. If it's consensual, it's not, it's not funny because it's, it's, it's lovely. It's yeah, love, yeah. It's erotic in that point. But there is it's nothing funny about gorillas raping people in movies. And bodies. And- let me just say this. There is no crime so horrible that it deserves like being Like a monkey throwing a bone at a monolith. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> throwing a bone. Yep. Uh, so I hope that answers your question about Gene Tierney. Gene, is that season two? We've got a lot saved up. Don't worry. Um, but now we need to move on. To Are they our... going to do an episode where it's all Genes? Gene Tierney, Gene Arthur, Gene Kelly. Wow. Sure. I mean, well, he's got. And they're going to get. Imagine he has Elliot muscular thighs. Oh, out of his jeans. So. What? <laughs> <laughs> so this last uh, segment of our podcast is where we make recommendations 
of movies to watch that you might actually enjoy. That are we think are good. Um, I'll start for once. Do it. I watched a movie uh, this last weekend called Big Brown Eyes, starring Cary Grant. I see Stewart squinting as if he wants to make a joke about an anus. <laughs> but uh, I will cut that off. Uh, it is a it is a movie um, that is clearly meant to be in the thin man vein. It is uh, Cary Grant as a cop, and um, I forget the name of the woman who played his uh, lady friend, but they are both kind of equal partners in trying to crack a crime case. Just say Cary Grant, but it's spelled C-A-R-R-I-E. Mm-hmm, sure. And she's got telekinetic powers. Uh, so Cary Grant's a cop, and his Magic? lady friend starts yeah. out as a manicurist. Magic of spell. <laughs> his lady friend starts out as a manicurist, becomes a newspaper woman briefly, and then returns to being a manicurist in the course of the movie. <laughs> Uh, That's something I love about a certain type of 30s movie is that they just go wherever the plot takes them, <laughs> yep. and characters just go on a journey. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what, Like, she goes to... She she is basically as long... She's a newspaper woman as long as the plot needs her to to uh, influence the criminals through uh, putting out newspaper headlines. <laughs> and then it's back to manicures, her first true love. Uh, but this is... You know, like, there are a lot... Like, Cary Grant obviously appeared in a lot of really great classic movies uh but it's sort of a treat to find a second tier Cary grant movie that you may not have heard of that's also a lot of fun this is kind of a screwball mystery it's nowhere near as good as the third man or something like or sorry not the thin man or something like that but it it moves along very quickly it's 77 minutes it's got a lot of snappy dialogue it's got a lot of plot turns uh and it's directed by uh raul walsh who uh, was a, a great old Hollywood sure. director. Hi, Sierra. Mm-hmm. All sorts of stuff. So that's my recommendation. Big Brown Eyes. Elliot. Should I go, or would you like to go <clears throat> Elliot, I would like to go now. Okay. I'm going to recommend, <laughs> uh, I think it was from last year, a documentary called The Queen of Versailles. Uh, uh, pronounced it mostly correctly. Okay. The first uh, three words you pronounced correctly. <laughs> Wait, think about the what thing I that I do. So, the Queen of Versailles. The it's Queen a- of Vermasturbate. No. <laughs> oh, boy. So, Queen- <laughs> okay, guys. The Queen of Versailles is a uh, movie about a... It's a documentary that started out as a chronicling of this Florida family mm-hmm. building the world's largest single-family home. And midway through the construction, the housing market collapses. And the documentary shifts tone to watching this family go from... Like uber hyper wealthy, slightly less riches from but, the big house to the poor house, and just wa- but it's it, it manages to be a really interesting. <laughs> I uh, guess big house jail? means jail. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Which is actually, I guess, not that bad. Going from jail to just a poor place. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, unless you can't hack it on the outside. Uh oh. But it's like, debtors' prison. Wait, debtors' prison? Yep. The Hellraiser sequel. <laughs> 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 So no, it's Dexter's <laughs> prison. Oh, terrible! So it's a really <laughs> shitty show that Stuart hates. <laughs> awesome! You go there because you like it. <laughs> uh, so, and the movie ends up being uh, it, it ends up being like the the story of the American like the the housing collapse in America, kind of writ large. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how much sympathy you have by the end of it for these rich people who are. Terrible, but they're also human beings. Yeah, you, you are reminded that people who are awful are also human beings. Yeah, 
And you also get to see a lot of shots of dog shit on the floor. Yep. So if you so like seeing dog shit, there, you like seeing dog shit and dead pets. It's a at good a certain point, it seems like it's, they're building the world's biggest gray gardens. <laughs> Just dog shit and animals running around and half finished construction. They're building gray gardens, the gray gardens themed amusement park. <laughs> yeah, I'd go to that. Great gardens. Yeah. You had to eat corn. <laughs> What rides would they have at the Grey Gardens Amusement Park? The Lion Bed? <laughs> the end of the... The, the scarves go round. <laughs> and the ro- roller coaster is just called Yelling at Little Edie. Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie now. How about that, fellas? You had Twist. your turn. Now it's my turn. Oh, man. Seven pounds? Seven pounds? Or just like Wolverine said at the, at the, at the, in that story in the Hellfire Club. What? Wait, what? He says, like, now you had your shot, now it's mine, or whatever And then he punches somebody to death or something? When he's in the sewers, then he, he does punch a guy. Okay. Afterwards. Anyway. Elliot's the best at what he does, and what he does is recommend movies. Thank you. Anyway, from that messy X-Men reference, <laughs> I'm going to go to the movie I'm recommending, and it's a movie called Close Up. It's an Iranian film from 1990 that is part documentary, part docudrama. Part do- <laughs> it's part documentary, part horse, part lion, with the tail of a snake. <laughs> A creature from Greek myths. <laughs> uh, and it's direct, It's a film by Alice. Look out, Theseus. <laughs> Your mother-in-law's in town. <laughs> oh, man, I, fighting a minotaur was better than this. The Momotaur, starring Theseus, with Seth Rogen as Theseus. Yeah. And Judah Friedlander as the Minotaur. Oh. Momotaur. The Momotaur is played by Kathy Najimy. <laughs> I like the it. The late Anne Ramsey. Is that who I think of? From, uh, uh, throw Mama from the Train? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. <laughs> throw Minotaur from the Train. <laughs> Crisscross. I'll kill your wife. You'll kill the Minotaur. <laughs> They'll never suspect us. Well, your real tales in the crypt. <laughs> you have no motive for killing a Minotaur. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> throw Minotaur from the Train. Billy Crystal, Danny DeVito, and a Minotaur. <laughs> The hard part was getting a Minotaur. <laughs> There's a nationwide casting search. <laughs> All these Minotaurs lined up holding the sides in their hands. And they pl- they picked a plucky young unknown Minotaur from Kansas City. Uh, ruined by ruined by Hollywood, though. Found yeah. dead in a hotel. Wow, that's sad. <laughs> anyway, you were saying about so a movie? So I'm recommending the movie Close Up. It's a movie directed by Abbas Kariostomy. Is that how it's pronounced? Like colonoscopy? What? Kiriostami? Yeah. Uh, I would say Kiriostami. Kiriostami. Anyway, you may know him from a lot of other Iranian movies. Uh, he's a major filmmaker. But this is a movie that it's kind of part documentary and part reenactment using the people <laughs> who actually did these things in real life. And it's about the story of a, a guy who was a impoverished uh, printer's clerk who basically decided to – he was mistaken one day by a woman as another Iranian director, Mohsen Makhmabaf, and he basically decided to just pretend to be that director and went to this woman's family's house and spent a lot of time with his family pretending like he was going to make a movie in their house. They were going to be in it, putting them through rehearsals, borrowing money from them, and eventually they found out he was not the man he said he was, and he was arrested. And this movie is a combination of – Footage of the trial uh, that he went through and just seeing how Iran conducted a trial at that time and maybe still was interesting. But uh, but then also the real people from – that this happened to reenacting scenes uh, of what happened in real life in this story. And it becomes a very touching and moving story about a man who 
kind of just wants to feel important and does something that doesn't really hurt anybody but is still an abuse of trust uh and the, you have to wonder and you get to have to wonder like what it was like for these people to reenact the scenes that they went through with this man who fooled them for the camera uh and it's a little slow at times but overall it's really good and just a a different type of movie and very interesting and i'd recommend it it's called close up three movies yeah well guys i think first we should make one final recommendation What's that? We should recommend people that like our podcast to go check out All Things Comedy oh, for the other podcasts There's a over whole there. network of good podcasts over there. It's like a bullet of comedy to your head. And the, the thing they have in common, it's all comedy. It's like yeah. a bullet to your funny bone. <laughs> Ow, that would hurt. No, it wouldn't. It'd make you laugh. It's like, it's, it's, it's like All Things Comedy. Like Normally, you go into a place, most things comedy, they got one tragedy thing over in the corner. Yeah, some things comedy, majority sadness. Yeah. This is like if the all thing the legendary beginning of democracy in europe aside okay. from greece uh you know your, your scandinavian democracy was comedy yeah all things comedy all things comedy.com yeah that was basically what i was gonna say before you guys interrupted me <laughs> so sorry, what sorry. Were you gonna say? i was gonna go jabber on about the all thing and uh, swedish <laughs> mythology <laughs> okay and, uh, well they've got a lot of good uh a lot of good podcasts there so give it a give it a listen mm-hmm. all things comedy.com uh, Rated but, R. But our podcast has to come to an end. Must it? It must. And to that end, mustard? I say mustard is delicious. We put on our little sleeping caps. Yeah, yeah we're we all tucked tuck ourselves in. <laughs> we we snuggle up inside bed. a little sardine uh, can uh, bed. We're all wearing our <laughs> pajamas. We're all Our pajamas for Stuart, it's a long underwear with a peekaboo butt flap. Yep. For me, it is like a baby onesie with no feet. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm wearing the lingerie that Frankenfurter wears in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And we're all tucked in an anchovy can. Yep. We use the key to fill it up so we can go to sleep. We blow out the firefly that's standing next to us as a light. We blow its, like what, with a gun or something? No, we just blow on its butt and it knows okay. to turn its light out. Yeah. And I whisper to you, good night, everyone. I've been Dan McCoy. And I've been Stuart Wellington. <laughs> and I'm Elliot Kalen. See you in our dreams. Private parts. That was creepy. <laughs> it's not like they're a bunch of abominable snowmen. <laughs> or women in this case. Or as the case may be, snow women. <laughs> I'm Stuart Wellington, e- e- equal opportunity cryptozoologist. <laughs>